Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow. And we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here with a superstar in the making. Uh, she is going to be, uh, I predict, absolutely uh, huge on par with uh, Lady Gaga or, or Beyonce. Uh, her name is Crystal Kata. How are you, my dear? I'm good, Philippe. How are you? Fantastic. Well, you know, I absolutely love you. I love your music. And in particular, I love uh, your uh, latest uh, CD, Doomsday Fears. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. Tell me about why did you come up with the title? How did that come about, uh, Doomsday Fears? <laughs> <laughs> well, the um, album, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is, actually, if you listen to it from start to finish. Um, but Doomsday Fears is uh, one of the tracks on the album, and um, I mean that that song kind of came about um, a couple years ago. Just people, you know, of every generation have their doomsayers, and you know, oh, this is happening, and signs mm-hmm. of the times, and the end of the world is upon us, you know, and um, it just. It just really irritates me. <laughs> so, um, so I, I wrote that song kind of out of irritation of of all these people just kind of, you know, making fools of themselves, saying that it's the end of the world, and you know, I mean, we're we're not going to know the time or the day, and and you know, there's there's no sense in worrying about it. So it's it's kind of what that song's about, and um, you know, thought it was powerful enough to uh, name the album after it. So. I, I love that. Remember uh, Y2K and everybody was, you know, oh, my God, it's going to be the end of the world as we know it there. It's going to be chaos, and it was just another day. Yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> so you, you, you say that uh, your this particular uh, CD is kind of like storytelling, or actually you, storytelling with an edge. What do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's it's kind of folk in a sense that every song has a personal story behind it. You know, most of it's written out of an experience I've had or that I've known someone else close to me to have. So, um, you know, it, it's storytelling in that sense. Um, but it's not traditional folk music, as most people know it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the lines of Joan Baez or something like that, it's, it's a little edgier, it's a little rockier sounding. So that's why... I say that. <laughs> well, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, when did the uh, music bug develop in you? I heard somewhere that uh, you started playing piano and writing music at age five. Yep. <laughs> um, growing up, I was fortunate to have a piano in the house. Um, my parents took strong uh, strong love of the arts and, and thought that needed to be a part of uh, my life and my sister's life. Um, and I was a little bit younger than my sister, so she was 
able to start piano lessons before I was, and, man, I was jealous. <laughs> so any chance I got, I was sitting down at the piano and trying to play, you know, Mary Had a Little Lamb and stuff like that. And, you know, it was just kind of I, I was never afraid to just play whatever, you know, whatever sounded cool to me. When I was a kid, I just kind of played around, and um, my my mom bought me a Casio keyboard, it was like this little toy thing, you know, but I just loved it so much because it was in my room and I had all these neat little beats and tones and sounds on it. And I, I must have been like six years old and I I would, you know, sit there and put beats on and then, you know, play funky little tunes over it. And I recorded it on my, my little tape deck, you know, and um, I probably gave my mom the tape for like, her birthday or something, but I titled it Stress Busters. <laughs> I think she still has that page somewhere. Oh, that's going to be great. That's good. That can be used against you uh, later yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're on entertainment tonight, she's going to pop up with that tape. That's oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> to probably revisit some of that stuff. I might have had some good ideas back then. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a number one single in that uh, that's, in that that's group. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, who who did you listen to growing up? Obviously, you had the musical inclination that was kind of born in you. Uh, but who did you listen to when you were when you were a child? Um. Well, I listened to almost everything when I was a kid. My parents were real big on classic rock, so I listened to a lot of Beatles, a lot of Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. I was kind of, you know, back in the 80s, the hair bands were real popular, so I probably listened to a lot of Aerosmith. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. But uh, once I got a little older, um, you know, I, I started listening to the likes of, like, Fiona Apple, Elton John, um, Hanson. Um, Fiona Apple was probably a real, real big influence on me because mm-hmm. in junior high when she came on the scene and I was already kind of starting to play more piano and write more seriously and she was coming out strong with her you know edgy sound and you know her dark lyrics and I was like wow this is so cool you know that's that's what I want to do you know so she was she was a real big influence for me that's awesome are there singers or musicians in your family um well my mom's a singer um you know, unfortunately, growing up, her her parents didn't have the opportunity to give her music lessons, um, but she obviously loved it enough to offer that to us. So, um, not not really a big big family of uh, musicians, but a lot of music and art appreciation going on. So, mm-hmm. you know. now you know what what inspires you to write a song to. Uh, come up with such wonderful uh, lyrics? What, is, is there a process that you go through or they just kind of hit you? How does that How does that work? It does just kind of hit me. It, it depends. I, You know, when you listen to most of my songs, you'll find that a lot of them aren't happy necessarily. <laughs> I say that usually when, when things are going right, I, I'm not really inspired to write music. It's, it's usually when something takes me off or I'm irritated or you know, something like that. I, I get more inspired to write. So, um, but yeah, I usually sit down at the piano and just kind of start 
tinkering around, hammering out some melodies, and, and the lyrics usually come after. So it's kind of whatever the feel of what I'm playing sort of inspires what's said. Oh, that's fascinating. So you, you, you play the piano first, uh, get the melody, and then you put lyrics to it as opposed to the other way around. Right, right. Awesome. That is I awesome. Think, yeah, about 95% of the time it happens that way. <laughs> wow, that's fascinating. Uh, so what is the message that you want to get get across to people listening to uh, Doomsday Fears? Hmm. <laughs> well, as odd as it sounds... I'd like for it to be somewhat inspiring. Um, you know, if you were to just to look at it face value, look at the lyrics and kind of listen to what's being said, it, it can kind of be a, a downer in a sense, but if you kind of read into it and and try to connect with it, it will hopefully be inspiring. And, and a lot of it is uh, me saying that I am strong and I've overcome things and um, mm-hmm. like elastic elastic for instance is um kind of a, a good anthem for girls I think <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, simply amazing is is another good one for uh for female uh anthem <laughs> if well, you can well, call it that yeah. <laughs> well let's go into some of the tracks let's talk about like uh, uh in your shadow what what uh what is the message you're conveying there <laughs> Um, well, I, I am surrounded by a lot of musicians, um, a lot of really talented people, which is great, and I love it, and, you know, a lot of them are my close friends, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes it could be a little defeating to, to be around people who are so talented, and, you know, you can get down on yourself, and you start, those voices in your head start telling you, I'm not good enough, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not as successful as this person or that person, and it, it just it's it's really just yourself telling yourself that, you know. So that song was kind of written out of some of that a little bit of jealousy, a little bit of anger towards people who are maybe, you know, more out there and doing it than me, and, and me kind of saying to myself, no, you know, this is my time. It's I'm also talented, and I need to put myself out there and be confident, and, and that's what that's kind of about for me. Well, we're definitely going to take care of that. Your next one is going to be out of the shadow. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, I'll start working on that one, Philippe. <laughs> <laughs> I only want 10%. You can keep the other five. Right. Uh, <laughs> talk to me about uh, Mama. I love that track. It's just absolutely uh, Oh, well, thank you. That's one of my favorites on the album also. Um, Yeah, that song is just kind of written about my mom, really, you know. I think I wrote it around Mother's Day. Um, I'm I'm very fortunate to have a wonderful family. They're all very supportive of what I do and, um, you know, just kind of those those thoughts of being close to your family and you find comfort in your home and life is scary, you know, you're – you go out there, you got to leave home at some point and try to make it on your own. And it's like, mm-hmm. what if I don't make it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. How about Wood Street? Ah, <laughs> Wood Street, oh, boy. Well, the first place I ever lived um, after I moved out of my parents' house, <laughs> I lived um, in an apartment on a street that uh, – we really didn't fit in on, so to speak. <laughs> there were people who were 
you know, selling drugs and doing things that <laughs> were kind of questionable. And we didn't really know that, and so we lived there for a while. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of about, you know, oh, we really just don't fit in here. But, you know, in a sense, it was a really good experience for me, and I'm glad I lived there, and I'm glad I had that experience <laughs> in, in, in the same right. So, yeah. That's what that song's about. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. How about uh, Save the Boys and Girls? I like that, too. Oh, thanks. Um, gosh, I, it's not, like, about something specific. It's more kind of like a uh, my stab at kind of being political, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's that, that thing of, I think I wrote it maybe during the time we were trying to elect a president or something, you know, and everybody has their opinions about people and all these great things that they can do. And, you know, when all in all, I mean, they're just human like everybody else, you know, and and there's so much pressure on people like that in the spotlight to do all these things and fulfill all these dreams that people have. And it's kind of like, you know, where we put these people on pedestals, whether they're politicians or celebrities or, or whatever, you know, and ultimately it's it's kind of, I don't know, ironic in a way that we mm-hmm. do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a track on there called Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. I why, really like that one, too. Yeah. What, why, <laughs> did, why did you uh, write that one? What did, have you been? I have. Um, in fact, in fact, that was the uh, the first plane ride I took was to Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, and by circumstance, I ended up having to take that flight by myself, and it was kind of a surreal experience to me. I'd never been that far away from home alone on my own, and uh, when I got there, it was just a very freeing experience. It was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Albuquerque or Santa Fe, um, but it is just just awesome. The, you know, the mountains and everything. It's so beautiful. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, on a realistic kind of level, it's about my experience going to Albuquerque, but sort of on a uh, metaphorical or poetic level, just kind of being able to, in the hustle and bustle of your day, just sit down and close your eyes and take yourself to wherever that place is where you've found peace or you have happiness. I love it. And, of course, the last track is your love song. I love that as well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I love the whole yes. the great CD. I love the whole thing. But I just like to get in your head, like, what what could cause you? Where were you when you wrote that? What, what, what kind of space were you in? Well, I wrote, um, actually, that last part of it, that kind of breakdown. I I had that lyrically um, and musically for years, and I I just didn't have anywhere to put it. I had, you know, it's kind of when you're writing and and things, sometimes you get these ideas and you come up with something, but it just, you get to a certain point, and it's just like, I just just don't know what the next step is, you know. Mm -hmm. So you you table it, and you say, oh, we'll come back to it, you know, Mm -hmm. and... um, and eventually I came back to it. I think I was already married <laughs> by the time I uh, I was inspired, so to speak, to, to write the rest of that love song. So it must have been. That's, that's one of those songs I say was written from a happy place. 
Absolutely. Maybe the only song on the album that's written from that happy place. So. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you also uh, have an acting background and uh, dance. Uh, uh-huh. where, where did that come from? Um, well, I probably hit the stage and, and did all three things just about the same age. Wow. I was, um, you know, I obviously love just singing and, and doing my thing, but I, I've been in dance classes, you know, since I was three years old and um, kind of a, a funny story, but my, my mom likes to tell this story, actually. I was in this uh, recital, my very first dance recital, I had the stomach flu. It was like the middle of June. I don't know who gets the stomach flu in the middle of June, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did. So, you know, I went and danced my little heart out and did the dance recital. And, you know, my mom yanked me off the stage and took me home right after. And uh, that was on a Sunday. And the very next day on Monday, I started this theater camp for, you know, my age group was about four years old. And lo and behold, I must have felt better because I went to acting camp the next day. And <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So, so if Hollywood calls, are you going to be? Uh, will you be ready? What, what do you think you would like to do? Sing, dance, or or act, or all three? I'd love to do all three. <laughs> I don't know if that's greedy. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but that's why I I think people like Lady Gaga are so cool because I mean she's obviously come from that type of background and she's found a really interesting niche for herself to be able to do all three. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, you know, gets some flack for it, obviously, sometimes, but people have to remember that she is, she's an entertainer, and she's playing a part, and, you know, I, I don't know if I would be as shocking as her, probably not. <laughs> but um, I'd love to do something similar to kind of what she's doing. Make That's it a whole experience. What would, what's your ultimate experience? Where, where where would you like to go with your with your music? What, what are you working on next? Um, well, I'm hopefully getting back in the studio, start recording some more uh, some more tracks for a new album. Um, working with a band, just getting out playing shows. You know, I'd I'd like to take this as, as far as it would go. I'd love to have millions of people hear my music and you know be inspired. Hopefully, I don't know. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I'm reaching for the stars. Fantastic. Well, where can people find you and find your music? They can uh, find my CD digitally online at cdbaby.com. And I also have a Reverb Nation site. It's a good site that kind of keeps you up to date with where I'm playing and updates you on how things are going in the studio. And that is uh, ReverbNation.com slash Crystal Kadar. You can also check me out on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, hopefully I'll I'll have some things to put up on my YouTube channel soon. (laughs) And you can also find me on uh, the Philippe Matthews website. Oh, yeah, that guy. guy. I heard about that dude. (laughs) (laughs) You'll always be able to find Crystal Kadar on the Philippe Matthews show because Crystal Kadar is a superstar. Uh, and I just love you to pieces, and I just think that your music is fantastic, and what you're doing is great. You're such a great and good heart. Uh, I wish you the absolute best. I wish you heaven, and thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Thank you, Philippe. I enjoyed it. <laughs>